Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Carrie's living. Pat and I are back here. Just ate a mystery airhead and I'm ready to go. Is that white? Is that white mystery? That's the white mystery, but it tasted like some kind of like a grape apple. I think they um, yeah. every time. Yeah. So we've just done we've done a lot of snacks. We got the sugar rush going, and we've just watched two episodes of the OC. So we are Jack City. We are jacked the fuck up. Understatement of the century. Kids, vicarious living pod at gmail.com. Get at us. Stories. We just want to hear your stories. Connect the fuck out of us. VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com. The other thing is, we are now on Instagram. We are in... We're in the 21st century now. We're cruising. Social media presence. Now we're big time. We've got a story that was probably... It was the sign that this podcast made it. I don't want to deliver it right now. Yeah, it's a little teaser. It's a little teaser. Something pretty exciting is brewing on our Instagram. Yeah. The, easy easy for us to say. Like, let's it's, just say this whole journey that we've been on is worth totally it. worth it. It happened right when we got on Instagram. And full disclosure, I've never even had Instagram before. You know this. You've been trying to talk me into it for the longest time. It's a great app. It's, it's fuck, it's, it is addicting, I will say. Yeah, you scroll through, look at all the pictures, friend people, they friend you. Yeah. I would yeah. say about a good half of our followers do seem to be like uh, fake, fake accounts. Mm-hmm. But I'm fine with that. Followers a follower. I consider uh, yeah. them fans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> These guys are fans. I mean, we're only like three million followers away from just being too big for what I think my life is ready for. Well, that's when the haters come. So. Mm-hmm. We don't need those haters. We're still, in the, uh, we're still in the nice period where the haters haven't arrived yet. But we so do we have that. we have one key follower. And again, I'm just going to let that sit on, for about 20 minutes. And then I'm going to tell you who our key follower is. Because I got it a way for it to come up organically. A little hint who it is? Yeah. They happen to be a character in the MC. Mm-hmm. They sure do. So, let that simmer a little bit. They're on the main opening credits mm. of season one, not season two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's 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 stop pussyfooting around. Okay. We got to get into two episodes, the final two episodes. So, we're going to do the last two episodes tonight on this podcast. And then next week, we gave a teaser last week that Zerb was going to come in and pick some nits on what we fucked up on. And that's not happening this week. It's now happening next week when we do our final OC. We're going to just wrap up everything next week. So this is this podcast tonight is on the final two episodes of the OC. Next week we'll have Zerb come in and we'll just give a final sort of crescendo. A send-off. Nice little... Yeah, just a send-off. Find out what we fucked up on. Hear from our number one fan. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Okay, so tonight... First episode, episode 23, O-C. That is spelled O dot C 
As in the ocean sea. C-E-A. So S-E-A? S-E-A. Uh, yeah, I spell it. Do, do you know how to spell sea? <laughs> Damn, I... My bad. I started a podcast with a moron. This uh, could be dicey. I will say that is pretty clever on their part, that little plan words. Well, you know why they do it. It's because that's what their prom name is. Uh, so Marissa Cooper probably came up with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's kind of meta. I like it. So in this episode, they have their prom, and they always have to have a theme for their prom. So for this, they call it the O-C-S-E-A, and then everyone there wears like mermaid it's like mermaid themed and like so, ocean themed. It's so weird if our prom was named after our county. Mm, Ham- yeah. Hamilton prom. <laughs> it would just have to be on Hamilton the play. I guess so. Would so, be pretty cool actually. Yeah, that would. Everybody come dressed in uh in that kind of era garb. Yeah, and then maybe we would have like Shit. a cameo by Linwell, whatever his Real name quick, is. Real quick sidebar tip for the kids: if you are in high school, do that as your theme for prom. Done. Kids? Hamilton prom. Kids? Do that. It's a good theme. Um, we gotta we gotta hit some of this stuff with Kirsten. She's been in a hospital. She's she just had a big accident. We covered that on the last episode. It was tough all the way around to watch. Flip phone incident. Technology's fucked her, and so now she's in the hospital. So Kirsten's in the hospital. I thought it was very sort of Josh Schwartz. It, he was fucking us again because Schwartzian. We had another Schwartz moment where the doctor came in, and so Kirsten, real quick, Kirsten's car flipped the fuck over, and it barrel rolled like five different times after getting jackknifed by a uh, a fucking trash. Ca- what are those called? Uh, Trashman. Trash. Trash truck. Yeah, trash truck, and it got it got. I flipped. think it's a garbage truck. Garbage truck. Sounds better. Trash truck. The trash <laughs> truck jackknifes her car. She barrel rolls like 17 times. Then the next episode, this OC episode begins, and she's just in the hospital with just a cut on her forehead. And a little concussion. A little little concussion. But I was just sitting there thinking, like, uh, she didn't die? Or or at least, least like, fuck up her pelvis. Shout out Range Rover. I mean, those vehicles must be safe. We should check the safety ratings on those. Right. I should probably get a Range Rover, Mm -hmm. you know, just for the safety of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Anyways, the funniest thing about this scene is that one little shorts moment. He come, the doctor comes in and he's like, "Sorry, had to cut your wedding ring off." Why did I, he have to do that? I don't know. If she if her she injuries were so, if she only had a concussion and then a little head injury, I guess were her hands so swollen that I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it was clear. Like there was no medical. About, yeah, I don't know anything about. There was no, no, we do know a little something about medic medicine. And what we do know about medicine is that there was no need to fucking cut her wedding ring off other than it was just another Schwartzism. Mm-hmm. Okay. About showing that it was on the rocks, their marriage was on the rocks. And that's science. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. So what, what happens when the, when the cop comes in? The cop is just like, listen, Sandy. Yeah. She blew a .08. <laughs> Yeah, so a 0.08, That's it. Well, I thought it was it was just so weird that she blew exactly the legal limit. No more. It was no less. It was clear to me that like that was Schwartz just going like I don't trust the audience. If I tell them that she blew like 
a point one four or something, they might not might not register that that's over the legal limit of point oh eight. Okay, this is yeah, this is a good little piece of wisdom from you. I think that's exactly right. I think people have in their heads they remember the point oh eight. So when they when that's the line, they know she was they drunk. They know like oh drunk and they associate it. But that's not very drunk for me. Point oh eight is like two and three quarters beers. You saying that's like amateur hour drunk driving? Yeah. So. If, if she is a hardened alcoholic, and as we're going to see as we go through this podcast, she has to, they start uh, having like interventions with her and shit about going to like rehab centers for alcoholism. If she is that hard of an alcoholic, there's no way she's only blowing a .08. She's blowing like a point two. At least. I mean, I don't know if that's like death Well, I'm range, trying to remember back to the scene. I think, she, she, so she went to a bar... She had like a martini and then wine. she took the, she had a glass of wine. She had something and then she took the necklace off and she's like, you know what, I'm going home to my family. Yeah, fucking Carter done. And so maybe it was just like it just so happened that that one time she wasn't totally blacked out. Okay, so so real quick, then we're saying that she just had that one glass of wine because if I'm a hundred and like fifty five pounds and it takes me two and three quarters beers to reach point oh eight, and she's like uh, somewhere between 98 pounds and 114 pounds. I don't know how many beers... One glass of wine has to get her to point oh eight. then. I don't know. I don't know how many beers it takes for you to get drunk, but I do know exactly how many beers it is for you to get slightly inappropriate at a Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like... That's like one and a half, maybe. No, that's margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink beers at Chili's, dude. Oh, never. that's my mistake. Yeah, I'd never do that. Well, then three quarters of a mark... I'm and you're talking, a, you're talking a little bit too loudly about yeah. the waitress's tip while she's walking up behind you. That's all it takes <laughs> to get me sauced. Um, okay. I want to say one thing about Cal, our hero. Um, another another sleuth business move by him. He's now starting to, as, as we know, he wants a divorce from, as we covered last podcast, he wants a divorce from um, Julie. The prenup that they signed... It only she gets like three million dollars if they've been married for a full year. If they haven't been married for a full year, then the prenup goes away and she gets nothing. So Cal's asking for a divorce when? Three days before that happens. Eleven months, twenty-seven days is when he's filing for it. Maybe four days, depending on what month it is. So yeah, depending on the month, it's three or four days. But so in, shrewd. By the way, Cal, shrewd. Cal is just, a, he's such a prenup guy. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, he's good. Well, you, you do it again. Like, I don't, you got to protect yourself. You're, <laughs> I mean, you got to protect yourself. But, he's like, a, if, there's, if you said gun to your head. Oh, prenup or no prenup. Prenup or no prenup. If you get this wrong, you're dead. I'm like, oh, for sure. Prenup guy. Prenup. Yeah, give me the gun. Yeah. He's a prenup guy. Yeah. Do you have a prenup? No. <laughs> I don't even know how you go about that. I'm not rich. It always just seems like... I don't have enough money to get a prenup. <laughs> there has to be a number of... There has to be... Like, what... I wonder what the minimum amount of money that you have to have... You gotta be a millionaire, at least. At least. Yeah. Because if you're broke and you do the prenup, that doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. So, you gotta kind of be... You gotta be an untrusting millionaire, then you go prenup. Yeah. Speaking of Cal... I do want to play our first clip right here. This is a clip where Kirsten 
Kirsten's starting to sauce like crazy. So, yes, she's back from the hospital, but she's still saucing mm. the alcoholic beverages. And it's clear everyone knows that she's got a problem now. It's been building. It's been percolating. It's been building. It's been percolating. It's been building. She's, uh, she's been hitting that pure. She's been hitting that pure, which is basically just absolute vodka. She's drinking it straight out of the bottle. And she's having this conversation with Cal when she's back from the hospital, and here it is. You could have been killed. I learned my lesson. Always eat dinner. Is that the lesson to be learned here? I made an error in judgment. You should be familiar with that. This is not about me, Kiki. You have a problem. And my God, did you give any thought to your kids? I am a good mother. You're also an alcoholic. Your mother was one, too. She did her best to hide it, but I always knew. Why do you think Mom drank the way she did? Why do you think Haley left the house at 17? If this family is screwed up, it's because of you. I gave you everything you ever wanted. I may like my Chardonnay, but I am not going to die alone, and that's more than I can say for you. Those are hurtful words. Harsh. Very intense. Um, actually, this is, I think this is like the first time that Caleb's actually been a dad. Yeah, he's, he's, again, he... He's he, like actual concern. Yeah, he's, she's got a problem and he's trying to get her some help. And, you know, like, like any, I'm, I'm, I don't blame Kirsten for thinking she doesn't have a problem because she's had this under control her whole life. And then all of a sudden, now she's getting into car wrecks it's leading to inappropriate situations with fucking co-workers. And she's just always blacked out drunk. So now it's an issue. And she just doesn't understand. And Cal, like, has already seen it before because he was saying that her mom dealt with this shit. It's a tough situation, dude. I mean, Kirsten, again, give her fucking Emmys, dude. Yeah, just give her them. She comes super hard over the top, just right back at him. Which, by the way, on a... On a very small, innocent scale, definitely a pet peeve of mine as a non-confrontational guy. If you're ever to, like, somebody at work or, like, a roommate or something like that, you, like, bring up, like, hey, could you maybe stop doing thing A? That. And then instead of, like, just being like, oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah, no problem. It's, well, can you stop doing thing B? A deflect anything you're putting on them. Yeah, you come, out, you come at them with something, and then it's, like, instead of being like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. They come right back at you with whatever they got fucking cocked and loaded, ready to go. Um, that's totally good. So basically, be. your coworker comes in and you go, Hey, hey, Jonathan, hey, bud. Um, your music, you're playing your music a little too loud. Can you just turn the music down a little bit or just pop the headphones in, bud? Could you do, do that for me? Jonathan. You're always what? doing stinky food in the microwave. Yeah, yeah. He's he, like, Whoa. he just turns around and he's like, Yeah, well, at least I don't have such a tiny dick, Pat. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, Whoa, Whoa, dude. Clearly Jonathan had something cocked and loaded and ready for me. Fuck, man. What does my dick size have to do with your music being a little too loud? Just turn it down, please. <laughs> I'll take my tiny dick elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jonathan, grow up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jonathan. Fuck you, Jonathan. Okay, so there's also some stuff going on with Summer and Zach. Um... Prom, as we said, the OC, prom. They're doing that. We just got to give context. What they're doing with prom is 
I remember at this time there was this Star Wars movie coming out. I can't remember which one. We'd have to go back and look up which Star Wars movie came out in like 05 or whatever. One of the prequels. Probably. Or it could have just been the video game. Uh, I remember seeing a lot of commercials for that at the time during breaks. Commercial breaks. But George Lucas has decided he's going to do a cameo. Oh, yeah. And so it's like a cross-promotion, cross-promo type of thing. Like, you know, he comes on, he gets to promote, you know, the movie or whatever. So he comes on, and Zach and Seth, it's the penultimate decision on Summer and the comic book for these two guys. Who's going to take the comic book? Who's going to take Summer? So they, the summer tells them, hey, you know what? I don't care who takes me to prom. I don't care who goes to this fucking comic book thing. But someone better take me to prom, and I don't care how you fucking do it. It's a power move. I loved that. She does that, and then she does what? How does she decide to do it? They flip a coin. Comes up. Zach goes to prom with Summer. Yep. And then Seth goes to meet George Lucas for the comic book. Mm -hmm. By the way... The easiest way to know what decision to make is to flip a coin. While that coin is in the air, you know for sure what what side you want it to land on. If you're able to like mentally trick yourself into like I can't make this decision, flip a coin in the air, and then yeah, I could because yeah. I feel like while like if you can picture that coin between Seth it's, and Zach like rotating in slow motion as they're watching it, it's like Seth was like, please be summer, please be summer, and Zach's like. I agree, like, that's the ultimate rubber meets the, the road of, like, it, it takes all the frills out of it. And then in that moment, it's just all of a sudden about, gun to your head, what do you want? What yep. do you want it to show up as? I almost think I would even, for me personally, it would be that. <laughs> but I also think for me personally, it could be, I'm just going to want whatever it showed up, what it didn't show up as. Yeah. Best out three. Best out three. <laughs> yes, or you do the thing where you flip it over under your hand after you see it. Yeah, um, I know. No, I, I you're probably, a grass is greener guy. I'd say, yeah, I'd say 99% of human beings would know when that coin was in the air flipping. And then there's like me, and I still wouldn't know when the coin's being flipped until it lands on heads. And then I'm for sure knowing, damn it, mm-hmm. I wanted tails. Now I know I wanted tails. And then vice versa, if it went to tails, I would have said, I knew it. I knew I needed to do heads. <laughs> um, okay, so as that, I, I just had a point on Ryan, because um, we haven't talked about Ryan yet. I just want to give one one little question to you. Is Ryan the worst at relaxing of all time? Oh, he's terrible. He lays on his bed with his boots on, fully tied. And these boots are like 16 and a half inch platform boots, by the way. So it's not like they're it's not like they're just like you know, suede chuck of boots that are nice and soft and comfortable. These are platform heels that are super uncomfortable. And the boots themselves are just a metaphor for how terrible he is at relaxing. He's so bad at relaxing. He's always wearing these hard, like jeans too. He's never okay. wearing sweatpants. Nope. He's always wearing fucking jeans. He's never wearing just like a t-shirt. He's always got like a jacket on or or a tight ass wife beater cutting off his nipple circulation and mm-hmm. stuff. Let him breathe, man. No TV on. No TV on ever. What's he doing? He's just he's always sitting in darkness doing nothing. It was the episode where we was grounded where we first started to see this. He sucks at being grounded. Yeah, we did say that. And and so he sucks at being grounded and he just sucks at relaxing. 
He just sucks at relaxing. Okay. Our hero, Cal. He goes to Julie. We got to talk about Cal and Julie. Because some shit happens this episode with Cal and Julie. Oh, yeah. When I say Cal, I mean our hero, Caleb Nickel. And when he goes over to Julie's, he's about to get the divorce. But he's got to go there because he forgot his... Sleeping pills. Sleeping pills. He goes over there, she goes up, and you can see some ideas start forming Mm -hmm. in her head when she gets the sleeping pills. You can Mm -hmm. tell she's going, oh, wait a sec. Murder ideas. Murder times. I could use these pills to do murders. By the way, um, there's like a quick bit right when he comes in the door. He like shows her up the stairs first and you're like, oh yeah, cow can't. Oh yeah, I was yeah. That's the best. Cal doesn't go first. He always lets the other person go first. That's when and we it, realized it, no one walks behind Caleb. Nickel. Exactly, he's the king. He's the ultimate alpha. And it just reminded me. This has actually happened to me twice in real life, where I've been going into a place and usually just out of habit. I'll always like just if somebody's behind me coming in a door, I'll just like kind of hold it for them and and just let them. Oh yeah, not like because you don't want them behind you. Exactly. I just like as just a natural thing, just kind of hold the door open. Twice in my life, it's happened where some guy, in his mind, was such a badass, stops in his tracks, looks at me, goes, "You're good." That guy's and a he real fucking dude. <laughs> he was such a badass. He wasn't gonna let me open the door for him, so he's like, "Nope, you're good." And he had me leave hold of the door, walk out, and then he walked in on his own. Did you punch him in the dick? <laughs> <laughs> I just went on with my day, but I was like, oh, man. Yeah, hey, a tip for the kids. Kids, if someone's hope opening the door for you, just take the gesture. Just and go just, in. Yeah, just walk in and say, thank you so much for holding the door, you good Samaritan. And then, kids, you just walk through the door. We don't need any heroes. <laughs> How many times have we said this? No heroes. <laughs> Especially in that situation, like, no heroes needed. That guy is a fucking serial killer. I know, it was the weirdest (laughs) thing. It was very much like, no, I'm good. I don't need a door holding, hold open for me. I've got it. You come out. You come out. You come out. He alpha mailed you with the door. (laughs) So fucking weird. Um, Let's talk wardrobe for a sec. Okay. Two things. One, Sandy's shirt. I got, I'd be remiss if I didn't. I thought you were going to talk about this. No, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Kids, check us out on our Instagram when we post this episode, what Pat's wearing on his wrist. That's what he's pointing to right now. And it reminds me a lot of Ryan Atwood's wrist guard. Yeah, you're going to have to check the Instagram page to see that. Check us out on Instagram, Vicarious Living Podcast. Um, I, wanted to, I want to talk wardrobe. Sandy is wearing this fucking shirt that... Sandy's what? Five, five and a half, you think? Five, six and a half? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that ballpark range? Yeah. He's wearing a button-down shirt that is somewhere between double XL and quadruple XL. It would fit The Rock. It would fit The Rock, who's 6'4 and 250, solid granite. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so Sandy's wearing this shirt, and I just like, I don't know if this was the style in 2005. Because I know in, in, in 04, 05, it was baggy jeans and stuff. But was it on button-down shirts... Was it wearing button downs, like like white collar uh, white dudes wearing button downs that are so big that when they're untucked they essentially go down to your fucking kneecaps? Another guy's bad at relaxing. That's Sandy hanging out in movie watching mode, just wearing that weird 
Yeah, he wore that to watch a movie on like Friday night, just in with the wife, like the watch on, with his watch on, with his jeans on. Sandy fucking sucks, dude. Um, another another wardrobe watch here. Cal walked into that night, that date night, where he got the sleeping pills with Julie, and then he he goes for a swim with her. He walked in. And he was just wearing a sweater vest mm-hmm. and khaki pants, dockers. It's a pool party. What else are you going to wear? And loafers with tassels on them. And, uh, God. I mean, what a power outfit. Caleb's the best. He's just walking in like my fucking grandpa used to come into family functions. And no one no one questioned it. You know? He just walks in and you're like, God damn. Harry, you mean business. If he were to jump in the pool, he wouldn't get wet. The water would have gotten cow. What? <laughs> what does that mean? What is that? What was that? That's a Chuck Norris joke. You remember wa- when, that, when that was big? Yeah. Oh, Chuck Norris. We joke. should do that. We should make cow Caleb Nickel. We should. That would be sweet. Turn Caleb Nickel into into Chuck Norris with all those jokes. But yeah, so you're saying the water he doesn't. Chuck Norris get- doesn't get wet. The water gets Chuck Norris. Oh, so Caleb Nick, I see what you're saying. Caleb Nickel doesn't get wet when he goes into water. The water gets Caleb Nickel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, also he doesn't get wet because those dockers he was wearing probably whisks the water away. I'm sure they do. They're probably water resistant, just like our new iPhones. No big deal. Technology is winning. Um, I just wanna I wanna pivot here, and we we gotta we gotta explain what's going on with Trey and Marissa. Trey's still got these drug deals going on with this Jess chick. Like, yeah, they're, ecstasy they're, they're Jess. Drug, drug kingpins now. So, he's still dealing with this shit with Jess. He's carrying guns around because she's like his bodyguard, essentially, to make drug deals happen. Things are escalating to a weird place. Things are, yeah, they're they're escalating. That's a good word for it. And so, he he's still in the mix. Jess is still in the mix. They're also still in the mix because he's just coming off this full-on attack of Marissa, and Marissa still hasn't told anyone about that. So it's still happening where, like, Ryan and Summer and Seth are all like, what's going on with Marissa? She's acting weird. She doesn't want to ever hang around with Trey. And, like, what's up? Like, what's going on? And she's not saying anything about it. Still no one knows. Not much. We just got to lay that. We got to lay that seed. Because that's not going to really pop up in this second to last episode, the OC, much more. But it will come up pretty big in the last episode. By the way, I will add the fact that Jess does bring up how the amount of money that they stand to make in one night. Oh, yeah. The the big thing is on prom night, I think they were going to make $15,000 in one night, which is a lot of of drugs. Yeah. I mean, fuck. How many people are buying drugs? At this prom, is it every prom? Let's say if if everybody if everybody bought ten dollars worth of drugs, ten drugs is fifteen hundred kids. I mean, maybe she's making fifteen hundred drug deals. Maybe drugs are more expensive in the county of Orange. That's probably true. Yeah, they're like hiked up. Yeah, just just like like gas, the price of living, the cost of living type thing. Yeah. So um, the only other thing I want to say about this OC episode, spelled O dot S E A is there's the scene with Julie and Caleb. Mm-hmm. It ends with this, and this is big time news. I mean, talk about a real depressing scene 
for the two podcasters sitting in this podcast studio. Because this this marked the end of our hero. Hail to the king. Hail to the king. It's like the night before the divorce papers are finalized and he won't have to pay any money. He's going to finalize the divorce. He meets with Julie. She says, you know what? Uh, no, no funny business. Let's just hang out, have a swim, have a couple drinks. And I'm waving the white flag. So he goes over there. He shows up in the dockers, in the fucking loafers, with the tassels. With the vest. Cashmere, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably had on a Burberry tie. Somewhere. In Somewhere. his pocket, at least. At least in his pocket. And you know what she decides? She's like, you know what? Fuck. For a split second, she's like, I'm going to I'm gonna put his sleeping pills, the aforementioned sleeping pills, I'm going to crush them up mm-hmm. and put them in his fucking margarita drink or whatever while we're sitting there at the pool. She does that. There's this whole scene where he's about to drink them, and then classic, classic TV moment. He's about to drink it, puts it up to his lips, basically going to kill him, and then he starts saying nice things about her. What do, what do we know about Julie Cooper? Good character. Really Great character. Heart good, gold. good heart. Good heart. Heart All she gold. needs is one little compliment, and she might not kill you. That's why we love her, and we hate her. Because she's a bad guy. She's a bad guy. Villain. Mm -hmm. But when push comes to shove and you get down into the innards of her, good heart. And so Cal started saying these nice things. And as he put the drink up to her lips about to kill him, she's like, no, stop. Took it away. Poured it out. She's like, fuck it. I may be a villain, but I'm not a fucking murderer. I'm not a real bad person. She had a line. Yeah, she had a line where she's like, I'll be, I won't cross this. So then she pours it out. She goes, you know what? I've lost. I'm waving the white flag. I was maybe going to kill him tonight. (laughs) But then when I got to the point of trying to kill him, I can't do it. What's $3 million? I'll just find another rich guy. Yeah, she's like, yes, I I don't want to be divorced because I don't want to lose $3 million. But you know what? $3 million is not worth killing someone. She caught a look of herself in that bikini and she's like, I got one more trophy husband in me. Yeah, totally. I mean, she looks good. She's fucking cut up. She's ripped. Yeah. Jacked up. Um, So anyways, then what happens? Cal dies on his own. He just has a fucking heart attack while she's pouring out. She goes, she goes to pour out the drink. She's like, fucking, I'm not doing this. Then they show, then they cut back to uh, Caleb and he's just sitting in the pool by himself. And then he just has a fucking heart attack and falls, old man style, into the pool. Can I say... Wild coincidence. That was a wild coincidence. <sighs> Who would have thought? It just pissed me off, dude. Because, I mean, I don't want to see him go. You know? Neither do I. This show, this county, this county doesn't need it. I mean, he makes more money in this county. He's paying more than taxes. They don't... This county doesn't need the Caleb Nickel fucking gravy train leaving the station. Yeah, I'm legitimately sad about this. So anyways, he falls in. They start playing this. Coldplay! Cue it. This is playing in the background, and you're just watching. I mean, Caleb, he's sitting there. He's floating in the water. He's about to die. She comes out. She, like, yells his name. She dives in the pool. She tries to fucking save him, dude. He's sitting there. He's, like, 
He's, he's had a tart heart attack, and now he's drowning in the water. And she dives in to save him, and she pulls him out, and it's just, it's not enough. It's not fucking enough, and all the while, this song is just playing. Can I just say, if I ever have a massive heart attack? Cardiac arrest? Yeah. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't mind Chris Martin singing me yeah, to, well, my, to my death ride. Well, Lullaby by Chris. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Not, not a bad, bad way. way not a bad way to go out at all for our hero. I mean, if, you, if our hero's got to go out, going out to Coldplay, it's a pretty cool move by him. It's whatever. Fuck. While this is going on, Sandy has chosen this night, another big time coincidence, Sandy has chosen this night to confront his wife about having a drinking problem and telling her that she needs to go to rehab. He's still wearing that douchebag fucking quadruple XL button-down t-shirt, and he says, Kirsten, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you what he says. Here's this scene. And I trusted you. I believed you when you said you were done. Sandy, I'm doing this my own way. How? By sneaking around. By lying to me. I just don't want you to babysit me like I'm some wayward child. Well, maybe that's exactly what you need. Right now, I feel more like your dad than I feel like your husband. Hello. What? Julie? Calm down. We'll say that again? Oh, my God. I understand. Of course. It's about your father. What is it? He's all right, isn't he? He's dead. I am so sorry. timing for San, the Sandman. Sandman has to make a pretty quick 180 degree pivot right here. This is tough because uh, by the way I should mention when Kirsten finds out the news that her dad died it's also like I swear I feel like this happens so much when you find out someone like dies so many times that person's like the last thing I said to that person was the most fucked up thing in the world. Yeah, that probably makes it hard. Like, it just, it ha I feel like it happens so many times where you feel like, God, I didn't even say something like I love you to that person before they passed away. Like, all, I, Kirsten, if you remember, she said to him, like, you're going to die alone was the last thing she fucking said to him. Harsh. And then he died. Let's make it, sure before I walk out this door tonight, we say something nice to each other, just in case. I love you. Yeah, we say that. <laughs> yeah. But I, the most heartbreaking part about this scene for me was after he drops that bomb on her like instead of like just hugging him or like just 
getting some comfort from him, which you would naturally do. Like, you just heard that your parent died. Like, you just want to hug your husband or wife and yeah. just make some some semblance of comfort. She just turns and walks out of the room. I know. Like, which grabs a bottle. Grabs a bottle and just walks out of the room without even looking at him. And it's just like, oh, that is dark. Because it was like, like one of those things. They're so disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. That she just doesn't even give a shit about, like, she's just like, nope. I don't need you, Sandy. I just need this bottle of pure. Yeah, because he, it, the, he just confronted her about her drinking problem. And she was like, no, I don't think so, or whatever. And then she got the call, and now it was just like, you know what? Fuck your speech you just gave me. Clearly, now you're not going to say shit about me grabbing this pure bottle mm-hmm. and going to f- have a little drink. Yep. Going to tra- Drinky Poo Island. Getting pure. Getting pured. So, it's tough. And you know, it, it reminded me of one of my favorite movies. Real underrated flick. Mm-hmm. Little George Clooney movie called The Descendants. I've never seen it. Probably a lot of our listeners. I, remember, I do remember when it got a lot of buzz. Oscar. And then I just didn't see it. It got a lot of Oscar. It was one of those movies that it came out like around 2009... I think. I want to say, I want to lock in either 08 or 09, but I'm pretty sure it's 2008 now that I think about it. All right. Listeners, look that up. If BD's wrong, send us an email Fuck at me vicariouspod. Nope. Send us an email. Why don't you know our email? Because I, I, I freeze up in the moment and I totally forget what <laughs> our email vicariouslivingpod is. Vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Correct. Tell us if Brian's wrong. You know where you can also get to that? Go to our Vicarious Living podcast Instagram page. And slide into those DMs. Or, we're now a business profile. You can just click on the email button. It'll go right to our email. Nice. Yep. Should we do a LinkedIn? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if we have to hire a new intern, once you and the intern, wouldn't you get married? Yeah, that's true. Then we might have to put a job posting up on LinkedIn. You know, because I don't know how that works if you're married, if you can employ that person probably with taxes and all that's probably yeah it's tax stuff so um anyways it reminded me of the descendants because that movie is one of i it's underrated as fuck and it did get some oscar buzz but not enough of the mass public has seen it i bet none of the kids have seen it so kids go watch it but it's so good because it's all about this complex issue of george clooney's wife is in a coma and she's dying and it's all about once she's in a, you know when your wife's in a coma the whole the whole thing is like the husband is super grieving and he's like sad and he's only thinking about all the good times that he's had with his wife over all the years in this movie though once she goes into a coma he starts finding out that unbeknownst to him she's been cheating on him with like another guy for like the past oh. couple years so it's like all these navigating complex emotions of like, what do you do when like your wife of over 20 years, you have kids together and all this shit and you want to go through the normal grieving process of she's dying, she's in a coma, be by her side and all this shit. Pull the plug. And then you find out she's been doing all this, this garbage behind your fucking back, like sucking dicks. Just yank that plug out. It's tough, so it's a really complex... I was thinking that when I was watching this of, like, Sandy's so pissed at his fucking wife because she's, like, been fucking around with this other guy and she's, like, been 
becoming a hardcore alcoholic and wants to send her to rehab and then all of a sudden all that stops on a dime because she finds out her dad just died and he's got to pull 180 emotionally and it's just like fuck and you know what he does it and that's why i still got a soft spot for sandy yeah uh you may think he's he does kid. no he does he does he he did he stopped and me he didn't you could tell like in that moment it was like all the shit stopped because at the end of the day that's his fucking wife and like that Ste- that trunk comes to stub stub when push comes to shove he always steps up he always steps up he might yeah. be a goofy fuck yeah he might he might but he's our goofy fuck yep he is he's, he's a good goofy. guy i mean he he might have been letting us down with his lawyering talents and you come down on him for being uh kind of immature well as, i just as... don't like his parenting tactics they're weak <laughs> as fuck i don't think they work in reality <laughs> cool dad i think he's in real cool life dad. I think in real life, Seth grows up as a heroin addict and just <laughs> fucking, you know, homeless on the streets with Sandy's parenting tactics. You're probably right. That said, he does deliver, you know, in that moment, he does pull 180, push comes to shove, and he's like, you know what, no matter how mad I am at my wife, nothing is going to trump the grief that I know that I have for her now going through this shit and compassion and empathy. He's wise. So... Let's just let's just dovetail this into this this last fucking episode and and it's, it, we're, there's not you know the bulk of this podcast is covered in that second to last one because there's just so much juice. There there are some things in this final episode though that we got to cover, especially what I would say is the most infamous scene of all time, and that's the final scene of season two of the OC. Hmm, what you say? Mm? What did you say? Just say. What did you say? What did I say? Mm? What did I say? Oh, we'll just have to wait. We'll have to wait. But you know what? I want to revisit what we had already laid a little seed of. And that is one, one guy coming back into the picture at the beginning of the Dearly Beloved episode 24, final episode of OC Season 2. And who's back? Jimmy Cooper's back in the picture. And why is that important for this fucking podcast? Because he's a friend of the pod. He is now a friend of the pod. One, Tate Donovan, James, Jimmy, the Snake Donovan Cooper, is a friend of the pod. He has officially liked our podcast on Instagram. Hey, Tate. Tate, what's up? I can't wait till we get Tate on this podcast as a fucking guest. It's going to be... I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I won't get ahead of ourselves, that but... That would be probably the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. So easily. I don't want to jinx it by, by putting our chair... Or I don't want to put the car before the horse. I, I don't want to count the, our chickens. Yeah, I don't want to put our Tate in a basket before the horse comes in. You know? Look, that would be the greatest moment of our lives. And fuck. Yeah, I just can't... I'm so excited thinking about it. It, we we were talking about when this happened. We were talking about that this entire podcast has now been completely fucking worth it yeah. because Tate Donovan liked us on Instagram. I mean, Tate, Tate. After you listen to this, listen to the whole thing through, and then uh, hit us up at Vicarious Living Pod. DM us, Tate, at gmail.com. or just DM us because you're already friends with us on Instagram. Slide into our DMs. So That's slide what, on in. Slide on in. We'll Tate. set it all up. We'll figure out the Skype. We'll get you on. It'll be awesome. Tate, I know we we've been shitting on you a little bit, but 
And by say a little bit, it's been a lot, but that's just because of our love of the show, Tate. Don't you dare for a second think that we are not the biggest Tate Donovan fans. Well, we shit on. We Jimmy. hate it. We no. shit on Jimmy Cooper. Yeah, we shit on him because of how good of a fucking actor he is, dude. Exactly. He it's is like an unreal actor. It's like um, what's his name from Gladiator? Oh, the bad guy. Fucking Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Do you know Joaquin Phoenix is an unreal actor because of how much you hate? Oh yeah. His character in Gladiator. And we've already talked about Tate Donovan having a similar haircut to the guys in Gladiator, so that just makes sense. By the way. Checked out some of Tate Donovan's pictures on his Instagram after he liked one of our pictures. Yeah. He's got sweet hair now. So yeah. Come on the podcast. Totally hot awesome. guy. I mean, this guy is hot as fuck. Career-wise and looks-wise. He, he fixed the hair. Anyways, that's him just being an actor again. That's not him in real life. That's not Tate. That's Jimmy Cooper having that weird, lame-ass haircut in season that's one. You know? Because he was stealing all the county's money, dude. He had to have a lame-ass haircut. In real life, you know Tate Donovan's killing it with the hair and probably the ladies. Good and point. fucking everything. So, we love Tate Donovan. He's now back. Jimmy Cooper is fucking back. But here's a clip. Dad. Hey, kiddo. <laughs> just gonna... <laughs> so that's just a clip of our, our new friend of the pod coming back officially. He doesn't really have many storylines on this final episode, but he's back. He's just back. So, okay, let's get back to the show, though. We'll talk to Tate later. Jess and Trey, as we said, they're they're starting to do this drug this drug plotting. They're setting up a drug deal with the Asians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we say that because everyone in the in the drug deal that they set up with at, to do the deal at the bait shop. Is our Asian guys wearing do rags? They, they, they somehow found this like Asian street gang to to do a drug wearing, deal with. Wearing do rags in Los Angeles. Why are they wearing do rags? I don't know. Have you ever seen an Asian wearing a do rag? No. It was pretty wild to see. Yeah, I don't even think that makes sense. I no. think <laughs> it does sense. But maybe in maybe in California. Yeah. Hardened drug criminals are, are Asians with do-rags. Yeah, maybe so. I don't I, know. Here's the deal. Schwartz is trying to diversify the cast. He's, he's trying to diversify. He has no Asian people in this cast. So he's like, all right, well, it's season two and we've yet to this have actually, any Asian w- people. This would have been a great opportunity for them to bring in their first black actor. Yeah. But they... They didn't. They, they wait kept, until they passed on that. They wait on that until season four when they bring Chris Brown in. Oh, I didn't even realize Chris yeah. Brown was in this. This is back when he was still hot career wise. It's like 06 when season four was happening, and they brought him in to date uh, Marissa's younger sister, oh, Caitlin. Really? It was pretty funny because Chris Brown was clearly like a really cool fucking like you know good, very good looking, very like he can dance and shit yeah, and he's like um he's like ripped. And it's funny because they have him come in in season four as like a band geek. He's like in the high school band playing like the drums. And playing off type. Love it. Yeah. Miscast. Season four sucks. Just want to say that. Um, okay. Let's let's get down to it. Um, Kirsten's let the wheels come off. I mean, they're, they're fully off now. Now that she found out her dad died, she, they're having a wake for him. And she is in a dark place. So they're at the wake. It's at their house. 
It's not like at a funeral home. They're at a wake. Yeah, they're for they're her at dad. A, a classic Cohen Cohen house party. House party wake, and people have all congregated at their house where they have it catered and alcohol and all this so, stuff to pay their respects. In theory, she's hosting this wake. Yeah. Um, she's shirking her hosting duties, um, and she is going into the fridge, pulling out an entire bottle of Pure, and just pouring herself a wine glass full of straight vodka. Stumbling around. Stumbling around, chugging it out. And she's even, wa- walking around the party with just the Pure in her hand. She doesn't even have it in a glass. Yeah, even like Summer comes up and like awkwardly offers her some food from the buffet to fill up her stomach a little bit. It's getting dark. It's starting to get into that fine line of like, yes, you understand this person's parents died. So you would, you know, there's no way to predict how anyone would react. And you're not, you don't want to go up to that person and say like, hey, the way you're handling this is inappropriate because everyone reacts in their own way. So So everyone's walking on eggshells. Nobody wants to say anything. Exactly. So they're like, how can you go up to the person who's, who's getting blacked out when their dad just died and tell them to fucking, you know, hold back on the booze? You don't. You just let it rip. But at a certain point, if you're stumbling around and stuff, then it's like someone's got to step in and just be like... So anyways, that does happen. Sandy does it, and I'm going to play another clip. Here it is. Oh, for God's sake, Kirsten, at least use a glass. Oh, for God's sake, Sandy, just leave me alone. It's been a long day, and I bet you could probably use a little sleep. I feel okay. Come on, let's just go to bed. Get your hands off me! Are you happy? I'm okay. To me, I'm okay. It's tough. I mean, Sandy's in a tough spot. I like, you know, I spent all year shitting on Sandy, but you know, besides the shirt he was wearing earlier, I don't know what you do if you're him in this situation. Got a stage intervention what he does that's what he does so after that they decide all right we're gonna stage an intervention and so he has this guy from this treatment center come in and then they get all the loved ones there Haley, her sister's there ryan's there they ambush her essentially everyone's in the kitchen they're all like you know ryan comes in you know sandy first comes in he's like honey you need this like we all love you. This is for you. We're doing this for you. Then Ryan comes in. He's like, look, hey, new mom, we're doing this for you. He he's- actually had an awesome point. He just was like, he said something about it. his mom. He's like, you became my mom because my mom couldn't be my mom. And right. now you're doing exactly what she did. Yeah. And even that wasn't going to work. Nope. Great, great line by Ben Buttons McKenzie there. Because, yeah, he's like, he's like, Don Atwood sucked. You're my new mom. And you have crushed it. I don't want to see you go down the same path as my old mom. Still doesn't work. She fucking turns out of the kitchen and starts walking away. And then fucking Seth turns the corner. We didn't think he would support it because he's been fighting his dad on trying to get his mom to go to this rehab. And then he just comes in at the last minute. And it's like the final shoe to drop. He doesn't know how to say anything. She's just like... As soon as she sees him, she's like, fuck. 
this is my real son. This is my son. This, this isn't, isn't my fake son. This isn't my fake son giving me some bullshit about his fucking old mom. Hey, Chino Trash. It's just a couple of drinks. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's a couple seven and sevens, you Chino Trash. Why don't you fuck right off? But then her real son comes in, and then that's when it just all hits her. For whatever reason, she's been fighting, 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 and then she sees her real son, and she's like, fuck. If my own son's coming in here saying his mom has a problem. Oh. Rehab time. So she goes, and that's essentially that on her storyline. That, for season two. The whole rehab thing comes up real big in the next season, season three. If we, when we come back to the OC, you know, we might, I think we're going to do, like we talked about, we're probably going to do Friday Night Lights next, but when we, if we come back to the OC, you're going to see in season three, the Kirsten storyline comes back fucking hard and strong. I don't know if we'll get there though. So anyways, just know that that kind of buttoned that up. All right. You ready to get into the the fucking crux? Let's do it. The meat? Context. Context, kids. You need it. They have a shootout during this drug deal. Trey and Jess have a shootout at the bait shop. Everyone's there. Marissa's there. Summer's there. Ryan's there. Seth. Trey and Jess are there doing the drug deal with the do-rag wearing Asians. And it goes down. It just goes down and shots get fucking fired at the bait shop. The drug deal goes bad. The Asians, they say, hey, we don't, here's your money. Give us the fucking Coke or whatever. And then as soon as they give them the fucking Coke, they take the money back. And the Asians, they fucking bounce and they say, you know what? We're not giving you this money or the drugs. What are you going to do about it? Jess takes Trey's gun, starts shooting, they start shooting. Uh, there's this whole shootout. I remember, little more context before we show this big final scene. I remember this vividly. Because what Schwartz did to us was when they were previewing this, this, second, uh, this final episode, they previewed it as a, shoot, a shooting happened. Except they did it in a way where they showed... Okay, I just got playing our real quick clip. This. Get down! Everybody okay? Marissa? Oh my gosh. <laughs> in that, in the preview, Schwartz played that clip. And so we all thought going into that final episode of season two that Marissa had been shot with Summer yelling like, Marissa, are you okay? You've been shot. And then we find out it was just glass that cut her or whatever. So that, that we all thought there was going to be a shootout. And there was a shootout in that final episode, but it wasn't that. Two shootouts. One episode. So, by the way, the fact that Jess wasn't in jail after that is outrageous. Yeah. Full on nightclub shooting and she's just free. It, yeah. I mean, what's up? Like... Where are the fucking... She's where, a, there's a SWAT team at her door in real life. Where's the local fucking County of Orange PD? I mean, what's the fucking up? I don't know. Showing up at Jess's drawer. There's a million witnesses. Sandy probably paid them off. <laughs> there's a million witnesses to, to see who fucking shot. It was this high school girl who's shooting guns. Fuck. So, all right. 
now we've been waiting. Here's the thing. This, this final scene and episode has got to be one of the most famous fucking scenes in television history. So famous that it was also parodied on Saturday Night Live with Shia LaBeouf. It's impossible to watch that video and not start silent laughing. It was so famous. It was such a famous fucking scene that Shia LaBeouf and the entire cast of Saturday Night Live did that whole, they reenacted it and they made it a parody and it, it's, it's, you can, you can find it on YouTube. It's hilarious, but it, it's such a money. I, I was, we were talking about when we were watching this, we were like, is there a song that's tied to a TV show scene harder than this song? is tied to this final scene of season two. Not that I can think of. And the only one that comes close, I, at least in my mind, in my limited mind, is Hallelujah, Seth sailing away on the boat. From so the, the same, same show. show. <laughs> so I mean, even if you took it to movies, you have famous ones like Jaws, where it's like... I'd say this is more famous than that. <laughs> oh, yeah, so probably. Yeah. The, you, you always had these famous, like songs tied to scenes in movies or tv shows but for me this tops the list yeah i mean you got things like the the top gun song oh the sex scene yeah i mean i thought it this you thought the danger zone the danger zone no i was thinking of uh the shadow oh i know the sex of the shadow sex scene where it's Take my breath away. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun. Little butte, yeah. And then it's the song's still playing after they've just had He rides away on a motorcycle. He's on the motorcycle, song's still playing. Yeah. Cruise on that motorcycle. What a sensual sex scene that was. God damn. Like fucking little blue hue to the mm-hmm. lighting on that sex scene. Very sensual. Kids, if you haven't seen Top Gun, um, you should watch it. It's a great film. Kids! You gotta see Top Gun, and you gotta see it for the sex scene. <laughs> not, not kids. the fighter pilot stuff, kids. Kids, you need to see it for the sex. If you're curious about what sex is, watch the film Top Gun. Tom Cruise, <laughs> Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer, Kelly Top LeBlanc. Gun. Is that her name? Kelly. Uh, shit, I don't know what her name is. Kelly something. The girl from Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's we we we've built it up enough. Here it is. Here is the final fucking scene. Oh my God, stop it! You're killing it. Take it off of him, please. Please stop it. You're killing him. Stop it. You're gonna kill him. Trey having that. Uh... That's why it's so iconic, because that's slow motion. 
was trying to fucking just straight up kill his brother. You did. Are you gonna you gonna be walking around or what's up? We need you silent. Taking my cheese stick and I'm going upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that is the definition of intensity. Intensity. Yeah, it's, it's burned into my memory. That scene of slow motion, Trey for the first time in 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 one season that he's been on this show. As, as that actor, he... New Trey. New Trey fucking delivered. It, it's just like he the look he makes when he got shot is clearly the look of someone of saying like, wait a second. It's like... Confused. Did I just get shot? Yeah, he's like confused a little bit. Yeah. He's more confused than in pain. For any kids... A little bit for pain. any fucked up kids who haven't seen that scene... Kids, I'll understand if you haven't seen Top Gun, but if you haven't seen fucking that scene in the OC, shame on you, kids. But for any kids who haven't seen it, Ryan goes over there because he's like, fucking I'm done trying to be like all fucking County of Oranged out. I'm going back to my fucking Chino ways. I've had enough. I've had enough of this shit. I'm fucking, I'm done. I'm tired. That he's The only like, way you can fight Chino is with Chino. Yep. That's the only way to fight Chino. And he's like, I'm fucking done playing these motherfucking games. Gets in the car, starts driving, fucking white knuckling the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell shit's about to fucking go down. No one fucking attacks Marissa Cooper. Especially not in this county of Orange without Ryan beating the fuck out of him. So he goes, and then in that scene, they are fucking fighting to the death... Trey's older. I don't know how he beats up Ben Buttons McKenzie, but somehow he gets him like pinned to the ground. Then he picks Buttons up Buttons has him by like I feel like at least 25, 30 pounds. In real life, the Tasmanian devil Ben Buttons McKenzie beats the shit out of that guy who plays Trey, new Trey Atwood. But in this, because it's his older brother, he gets him. Yeah, he's Trey got had him. a little bit of a better ground game, it seemed. Like in the stand-up game, yeah. Ryan was getting the better of him. Then when it went to the ground, yeah. that's when the tides turned. Yep. That's Old school true. rotary phone comes into play. Yep. Trey uh, picks it up. He fucking holds it like he's he's holding Ryan's neck and his and then his hair and he's holding his head in place. Then he's holding the fucking phone in his other arm, rotary phone, and he's about to just fucking kill him essentially. Mm-hmm. And he's holding it up. Marissa comes in at that moment, and then she's like, "Fuck! What do I do? I can't stop this. Like these two guys are fucking crazed." Picks up Trey's gun that fell. Ooh, what you say? She ooh, what you say to him? Right in into his back. Right into his back. Probably, and I think this is why the SNL thing nailed it. You get like ten reaction shots within the same like little ooh, what you say? Ooh, what you say? Situation. It's yeah. like Marissa shoots him. Ooh, what you say? Reaction shots on Marissa's face. Like, oh my god, I just shot him. Reaction shot. 
By Trey. By Trey in the face. Like, oh, I just got shot. Mm, what you say? Back to Marissa. Down to Ryan. Mm, what you say? To close up on Trey, the front of Trey's shirt where you can see the blood dripping. Slow motion starts Slow bleeding. Slow motion. Mm, what you say? Back to Marissa. Mm, what you say? Back to Trey as he turns around. Mm, what you say? Yep. And he's like drooling and like like all like bloody and stuff from the fight and just we were saying like it was confused. That and then he the... gives that and then he gives that like exasperated like you got to be kidding me. You got to be shitting me. Yeah, like, like once he, he's confused. Yeah. That's how he plays it is like he's just about to kill his brother. He's just fighting with his brother. Then all of a sudden, he didn't see Marissa come in. He just got shot in the fucking back. So like he's he's in the in the throes of this like super intense fight and then all of a sudden you just feel a bullet in your back. And so he looks back and he's like confused like what the fuck was that? I heard a gunshot and uh feels like I've been shot. I think it's me who's shot. Quick tip for the kids, always watch your six. You never know who's going to be behind you with a gun. Always, <laughs> always watch your six. Kids, watch your six. And then he he then he turns around forward. And then they slow motion, like you were saying, they show the blood starting to come out of his chest. And then they do a close-up on his face. And then, like I was saying, it's just, like, exasperated. He kind of gives, like, a... Because <sighs> yeah, then, it, then it starts classic, to hit him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At first, he's confused when he looks back. Then when he looks forward, and he realizes... Holy shit, I've been fucking shot. And not only did I get shot, I've been shot by the one and only person who is about to get the MCITW on the Vicarious Living podcast. Oh, who is that? That is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week, brought to you by Wicklowware, W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Ware. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wicklowware.com. Enter VL promo code at checkout. Get 10% off your order. Mercy Cooper is the worst of the week. Why? Because she fucking shoots a guy. And you know what? There's no kids. No matter what, there's no justification for fucking shooting people. Don't shoot people, kids. I mean, she could have tackled him. She could have done like a leg shot, maybe. I don't know. But... You can't shoot. I guess people. she's not like a sniper. If these guys are about to fight to their death, there's no excuse for that. But they're Chino trash, and Chino trash sometimes has to. It's like you know, some like if you're in a wolf pack and the leader wolf is about to be like killed and murdered by another alpha fucking wolf who's coming to take the wolf pack. The other wolves in the pack, you got to let it happen. Like hey. Hey, Steve, Steve the wolf has been our leader for the past 15 years, but you know what? Steve's now old, and it's time for fucking Logan to come in and fucking challenge him and take over being the alpha male of the wolf pack. It's like... You gotta let him fight it out. I Now, I, I think I'm with you on this one. Marissa just needs to do less. Just... Do less, just Marissa. You don't, can't just don't be so involved to the point where you now you got a gun and you're shooting people. Let's let them fight it out. Sometimes brothers need to fight to the death, Marissa. It's not your place to come in and fucking take one of them out. That's why she's the worst of the week. And I will I will say really quick on the fir, on the flip side though, it's like what are you supposed to do? Your I mean, boy- she saved the day. At the, we talked about this. We were splitting hairs trying to think of one. Yeah, I mean... Trying to think of how Marissa was the worst here, so... She's still the worst because she shot a guy. So, be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklow, where Marissa shot a guy. 
And that's why she's the worst of the week. That said, she did save the day. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend was about to be murdered. Yes. And so the devil's advocate side of it's like, well, yes, we know sometimes Chino brothers need to fight to the death. Mm-hmm. But if one of those Chino brothers is your fucking yeah. boyfriend and he's about to die. It was, it was definitely a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. What are you going to do? I don't know. I will, we can't say enough how sweet of an actor, uh, especially in this scene, Trey is. He delivered. He's, uh, we talked about, it was two episodes ago, how Olivia Wilde was the only one to blow up from this show. He blew up. Kind of. Slow burn. See, yeah, I think, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Slow burn. He's in this movie called The Invitation. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. It's awesome. Watch The Invitation next time you have a chance. Okay. Uh, Noted. He's the lead in that, and he's great. Noted. He's also, as you were saying, in Prometheus, mm-hmm. which was a pretty big movie. That was a blockbuster movie. I think I he's... Thought it, I thought that movie was shitty, but... He, he has. He has probably actually become a little more famous than Ben Buttons McKenzie. Definitely more than Misha Barton, Marissa Cooper. Maybe at the level of like a Rachel Bilson, Summer. Yeah. But he's probably definitely been more famous a little than... Bigger. He's not as beloved as like a Tate Donovan, though. No, 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 no. Definitely not. That's our friend of the pod. So so do you, who are you giving your MVP of the week to? Trey? This one's tough. Oh. Because we we went on a on a bang literally mm-hmm. with with Trey yeah crushing it acting wise and getting shot mm-hmm. and Marissa doing the shooting yeah that's kind of a like a literally a big shot and real quick props to her because she acted that well too like we hate Marissa we fucking hate her but she did she did same thing as Trey in that scene I mean. All on her face. You could tell what was happening. She wasn't thinking, didn't know what to do. Grabbed the fucking gun because she saw her boyfriend about to be murdered and shot him. And then it was like they she acted it really well. As soon as they showed her face after she saw after she shot someone, it was like her head trying to process like, oh fuck, I just shot a guy. Okay, sorry. Dude, the crew brought the heat in that scene. Yeah, the kids did. Yeah, our friends. Those fucking OC friends did. I'm giving this one. Back to back, no, not back to back. Two time MVP, Kirsten Cohen. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she that's brought a, such yeah. a heaviness to the to like the end of this season, and especially in this episode. If we had to give it to one, if we had to give the MVP to one who performed in one scene, you know, with that big scene that's now infamous, maybe we would give it to Trey. Right. But we're taking all these last two episodes, the OC and the Dearly Beloved, final two episodes of season two, and just saying Kirsten Cohen delivered over the yeah, whole two. Yeah, it's like, uh, like maybe Marissa hit the, like, no pun intended again, had the shot to win the game in game seven, but... Her Kirsten, and Trey. Her and Trey. Yeah. But Kirsten was in like games three and four on the road, just like grinding it out, putting the team on her back. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <clears throat> and once again, I think she just brought an emotional weight to this episode that made the intensity of that last scene possible. Yeah. Because you already were just like yeah. fucked up the whole time. Yeah. she, You were on such a fucking emotional, like fucking shit show roller coaster from her yeah. that by the time that scene happened, 
you were so primed and ready. Yeah, because part of the so so much of the show is so lighthearted and juxtaposed with like heavy stuff that it kind of yeah. works most of the time where they do fifty fifty in an episode. But this one, it couldn't go lighthearted with some characters and then like one eighty turn with a murder of a main char- main character at right. the end. It's got to be like full on heavy. I and do, I yeah. I do like that analogy too. I think of like Kevin Durant won the finals MVP last year, but in that final game, Steph Curry went the fuck off. He had like forty points, or I don't remember what it was, but it was at home in the clinching game. And like you said, he had like crowd was getting into it. They were about to win the championship. He was like putting up a shit ton of points in that last game or whatever, but. They don't fucking get there unless they go on the road into Cleveland against LeBron James and Kevin Durant isn't fucking single-handedly when everyone else's dicks are between their legs, tails are between their legs, whatever. They're both between their legs. Dicks and tails between Kevin their Durant's legs. the one stepping up fucking like getting them to that point to where Steph Curry could fucking end it in the final game where it's a little easier at home, I feel like. It's all about value, kids. Oh god damn. That was a lot. Damn, that 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 season 2 ending was just what a fucking shit show in our pants in a good way. Okay. Wow. Next week we're going to just it's going to take us a week to just come down nice off little. of that. And so what we're going to do is is we're going to have like we said, we're going to have Zerb come in. And we're just gonna we're gonna have like a, a deflation sort we're of episode. Wind down. wind down. We're gonna kick it. We're gonna kick it and wind down. We're gonna have our number one fucking fan come in here, and and he's listened to all the episodes. He's he's listened, you know, vigorous, taking notes vigorously. Yes. And so he's gonna come in, give his two cents on. It's it's what not we out of the up. realm of possibility to say that he probably listens to it and talks out loud to himself. Yeah. As if he was in the room. Like we and want. Like he probably pauses it and wishes he was here to like interject on the spot. So we'll just let him have all those moments to come on, and uh, and we'll just we'll get we'll get caught up with him. So until then, kids, hope you enjoyed season two of the OC. Have a good night, and as always, kids, do less. Do way less. To hear more episodes, follow us at Vicarious Living on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.